We start with the latest on Kevin Guskowitz and his decision to leave the role of chancellor of UNC and become president of Michigan State. During his introduction to the Michigan State University community on Friday, he shared several approaches he hopes to bring to East Lansing that reflected his efforts while here in Chapel Hill. 97.9 The Hills' Brighton McConnell has some of the highlights. I hope to see you shortly as I get to know the university's campus communities and the network of global Spartans. Go green. That's part of Kevin Guskowitz's first video shared to the Michigan State community, released Friday within the hour of the school formally approving his hire as president. Speculation around the UNC Chancellor's front-running position for the role had swirled for weeks, with Guskowitz not saying much to Chapel Hill outlets or UNC community members about what caused him to be drawn from his current role. In that video, he shared perhaps his most direct statement yet. I pursued this opportunity because I believe that my values and vision align so well with those of Michigan State. And I share and admire your deep commitment to transforming lives through the power of teaching, research, and outreach. Guskowitz pointed to preparing students to take on pressing challenges of modern society and to contribute to democracy as key goals, things he also said he strived for at UNC. The new president also identified implementing Michigan State's strategic plan and upholding diversity and equity policies as critical to fostering a culture where the arts and humanities help advance the school's research efforts, while also valuing, quote, the voice of every member of our community. When first hired as an interim and again as a permanent chancellor in 2019 for UNC, Guskowitz hosted listening sessions and feedback opportunities for the campus community which was critical in the wake of Silent Sam's removal. Guskowitz pledged to do something similar at Michigan State once he begins the position, holding a, quote, listening and learning tour with students, faculty, and staff to get to better know their perspectives. Guskowitz told trustees on Friday, I have been part of building a culture of collaboration that I believe is unique uh, and has prepared me to work across disciplines and departments, and that I will make certain will happen at Michigan State University. The outgoing UNC chancellor will assume leadership of a university that seeks to recover from a series of high-profile scandals. Michigan State's latest permanent president resigned over having, quote, lost confidence in the action of the current board of trustees. The campus is also continuing to recover from athletics doctor Larry Nasser's sexual abuse of hundreds of women and girls, including on campus. And then this fall, Michigan State's issues with sexual misconduct arose again as they fired football coach Mel Tucker and came under scrutiny for how long administrators and trustees were aware of sexual harassment allegations. Guskowitz did not address those scandals directly in his opening remarks on Friday, but the new president alluded to the tumultuous few years of Michigan State's leadership. I know the past few years have challenged Michigan State, yet I see a great university with a strong historical foundation that can reach new levels of excellence through its powerful commitment to student success, knowledge, discovery, and land-grant service. For UNC, Guskowitz's departure leaves them in an unfamiliar position. In the 78 years of UNC having a chancellor, their hiring away from the job by another university is rare. The lone exception was UNC Chancellor Paul Sharp, who was hired away by Drake University in the 1960s just after 17 months on the job. At that time, Sharp was fighting against the recently adopted speaker ban law in North Carolina, 
which is believed to have contributed to his departure. UNC System President Peter Hans, who issued a statement thanking Guskowitz for his commitment to Carolina, will be tasked with finding an interim leader and then will construct a search committee that will bring options to him. Neither UNC trustees nor the UNC system gave any indication Friday of a hiring timeline. For 97.9 The Hill, I'm Brighton McConnell. Thank you, Brighton. You can find a print version of that story by visiting our website, chapelboro.com. Meanwhile, Deborah Stroman, who's a faculty member in the UNC Gillings School of Public Health, spoke with 97.9 The Hill last week, and she said that Guskowitz was one of the people who hired her. When she joined the Exercise and Sports Science Department back in 2007, she said she has mixed feelings about his departure. While Stroman said she believes Michigan State to be in an opportunity for joy, she pointed to the challenges for whoever comes next at UNC not just with the high expectations for the flagship University of the State, but also navigating the political waters. Here are some of Stroman's comments on Guskowitz and the position at UNC. It's kind of challenging in the sense being a chancellor, being at Carolina, trying to make a difference, but yet also knowing there's a number of people who really don't believe in you and your background. But he was a difference maker. He was a change agent because generally at the chancellorship level, you don't have someone coming from the athletic sports side of the academic world ending up at UNC, ending up at an R1 institution at that level. But Kevin was able to do that. So I applaud him for that. It will be an attractive position, but there's always going to be a question mark. Do you want to come to UNC right now? Do you want to wait a few years and let that interim person try to wave or navigate the very uh, treacherous waters and then apply later? Or do you want to jump in and hopefully turn the ship or right the ship? Uh, but there's no doubt there are many, many folks who are questioning uh, UNC for all the right reasons, and they should. We shouldn't be in the news as much as we are for those negative things. I think some of the things that have happened to us over the past decade have been self-inflicted. And that's where we have to be better. That's where we have to challenge those who want to upset the values, the Carolina way, and what we've been able to do for, for many, many years. This is definitely a crossroads, which, again, we can say mirrors our country right now. We're, we're in a similar place. That's Deborah Stroman speaking there. You can find her full conversation with Brighton McConnell on Chapelboro.com. Turning to local government now first, the filing period remains open for candidates for next year's elections. Friday, we learned that two candidates have filed for the congressional seat representing Chapel Hill, incumbent Valerie Fushi and Republican challenger Eric Blankenberg. Over in Durham, the city council will appoint someone next month to fill the seat previously occupied by newly elected Mayor Leonardo Williams. The application period for that seat is now open through December 21st at the city's website, durhamnc.gov. To imply, you must be 21 years old, a resident of Ward 3, and you have to be registered to vote. Turning to local government meetings now, tonight in Hillsborough, new Mayor Mark Bell will take the oath when the board meets at 7 o'clock. Similarly, down in Pittsburgh, Kyle Ship will be sworn in as their new mayor when the board meets also at 7. You can find links to full agendas for all of this week's local government meetings, as well as a tracker of who has filed to run for local office so far by visiting chapelboro.com. Time's now 4.20. It's time to look into the world of sports, and we'll start this conversation today by talking a little bit of basketball Another tough loss for the UNC women's team, but 
The uh, voters for the polls seem to understand that these losses are tough losses against good teams. So the Heels do manage to stay in the top 25, coming in at number 25, despite of falling at UConn last night, 76-64. to Courtney Banghart's squad did put up a good fight. They battled to a draw at halftime, but they were without Paulina Paris and Kayla McPherson for the whole game. Then Renea Kelly had to sit out the second half after taking a hit to the face in the third quarter. So shorthanded, it's not quite enough firepower for the Heels as UConn pulled away in the second half. Here's Coach Banghart after the game. I thought Renea really gave us a good lift there, and then she got concussed in that second quarter, so we had to play the second half with no su- no guard subs, which obviously was a real challenge for us. Our kids just got tired, and you could tell. You know, and there you got a lot of guys logging a lot of minutes and, and, and playing tired. We just got to get healthy. I like this group. We just got to get healthy. UNC women's basketball coach Courtney Banghart speaking there. Another, uh, they'll uh, next be up against uh, Western Carolina. So competition does get a little bit easier for the women's team. That game is going to be Friday. They'll be at Carmichael, and they are now 6-4 and four on the season, but again, still in the top 25. Turning to football now as we enter the new confusing section of the football season between the last game of the year and the bowl game. And we see all sorts of transfer portal action. Still kind of getting used to the rhythm of this part of the calendar for college football. That means that the Tar Heels have already seen multiple players hit the portal, including tight end Kamari Morales and running back George Petaway. Needless to say, UNC's roster is up in the air for the Duke-Mayo Bowl matchup against West Virginia coming up on the 27th. Here's what North Carolina Sports Network's David Glenn had to say when he was on News on the Hill. We ask him about roster management across college football for this time of year. Looking forward in today's college football world is more chaotic than at any time since colleges were dealing with world wars. Obviously, that sounds extreme, right? But, but I bring that up because, you know, when wars happen, seriously, you weren't sure who was going to be on your roster long, long ago. Guys were coming and going. It was a very strange time in college athletics. Why is it strange now? It's all about the transfer portal and immediate eligibility. So the fact that transfers in most cases don't have to sit out a year anymore. I mean, Mac Brown and his staff not only still have to keep recruiting the high school seniors, of course, as always, but, but, and hit the transfer portal for incoming talents like a Tez Walker, for example, this past year. But you have to recruit your own players. We don't know. We already have seen some guys outgoing transfers for the Tar Heels. Not everybody's made their NFL decisions yet. But we don't know how many of the Tar Heels' best players are going to stay versus transfer somewhere else, perhaps for name, image, likeness money, or maybe Carolina's collectives offer name, image, likeness money to not only get their own best players to stay, but lure some great transfers from other schools. David Glenn of the North Carolina Sports Network speaking on the absurdity that is college football transfer portal news. You can always find the latest on that by visiting the tracker in the sports section of chapelboro.com. Turning to soccer now, UNC men's star Quincy Herman has been named a third-team All-American by the United Soccer Coaches Association. He led the team with 10 goals and 7 assists this season. Meanwhile, the UNC gymnastics team checks in at number 32 in the first poll of the year, and they'll be competing in the inaugural season of ACC gymnastics 
along with Clemson, NC State, and Pitt.